Welcome back. This is Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Are you guys thinking about having kids? How much did your new house cost? Haven't you found a job yet? Why aren't you drinking? Nosy questions are everywhere. Your coworker asks how big your raise was, the stranger in the elevator asks when the baby is due, or your mom tries to bond by asking you about your sex life. Even the long-form U.S. Census is nosy. How many cars do you have? What's your income? Were you laid off from your last job? It's enough to make you wonder if Aunt Mildred is consulting for the government. Now, with all the family gatherings, nosy questions go into hyperdrive during the holiday season. Therefore, this week, let's talk about how to perform some verbal jujitsu when Aunt Mildred asks why you're still single. But first, some empathy. Why do people ask nosy questions in the first place? Well, here are four possible reasons. Reason number one is they misinterpret your level of intimacy. So a misreading of boundaries often happens with older relatives who remember you as a kid, especially if they once wiped your butt, tucked you in, or monitored your vegetable intake. They may be used to a level of intimacy that's much more personal. So years later, their brain may still picture you at the kid's table and may not have upgraded their appraisal of you to an adult with boundaries to be respected. Reason number two is they let it all hang out. Some people wear not just their heart, but their entire life on their sleeve. Your new sister-in-law may be super open about everything from her digestive process to her sex life and simply assume that you are too. Furthermore, since relationships are a reciprocal give and take, oversharers may feel that because they revealed so much about their life, it's okay to ask about yours. It may not occur to them that others prefer to play it close to the vest. Reason number three is they're trying, however clumsily, to connect. It's possible that nosy questions are a clumsy way to connect with you. Your cousin Fiona may be asking if you're still single because she would love to set you up. Uncle Max may be asking how much you make because he wants to commiserate about taxes. Likewise, sometimes people ask questions because they think it's what they're supposed to do. Communication experts exhort us to ask questions. People love to talk about themselves. But Cousin Mel, fresh off reading How to Make Friends and Influence People, might not realize that there are different levels of questions and that asking about your dating life isn't equivalent to asking about your food blog. In short, even if their method lands with a clunk, their intention is good. They just want to connect with you. Or it could be reason number four. They may just be entitled and rude. In general, it's best to be compassionate and give people the benefit of the doubt. But sometimes there's just no other explanation. Sometimes folks are deliberately or mistakenly impolite. And there are lots of people out there who have a hard time accepting or respecting boundaries. But the good news is that you can choose how to respond. But how, you ask? Well, to my knowledge, there is no research on how to deal with nosy, intrusive questions, but there is research on a topic that's just a few books away on the metaphorical library shelf, microaggressions. Now, microaggressions are statements or incidents that indirectly, subtly, 
or unintentionally discriminate against members of a minority group. Like, so who's the husband and who's the wife? Or when are you really going to transition? Or why do you sound white? Or are you documented? Now, nosy questions are not microaggressions, but they have some characteristics in common. For instance, they're interpreted as negative by almost everyone they're directed against, they reflect implicit assumptions, and they have an adverse impact on the recipient. So let's take a page from the playbook of dealing with microaggressions and adapt it to plain old nosy questions. Okay, now here are six ways to deal with nosy questions, both in the moment and after the fact. So tip number one is simply set them straight. The direct method isn't for everyone, but if you're so over being asked when you're gonna get married, set an unmistakable boundary such as, I'm really not comfortable being asked that, or that topic's really not on the table, or put it back on them with a head tilt and a why do you ask? So this is a serious, assertive approach that may make the asker uncomfortable. But if you're sick of being asked why you're not drinking or told you'd be so pretty if you just lost a few pounds, some discomfort may be just what the doctor ordered. Tip number two is use humor. Okay, so a dose of humor has the opposite effect of putting up a hard boundary. Things stay comfortable and everybody saves face, though it's possible the asker may not get the message, but it can't hurt to try. Therefore, answer, why aren't you married, with, I'm holding out for Idris Elba. The right answer to, how much did your kitchen renovation cost, is always, ooh, are you offering to pay it off? Your cousin asks, still no boyfriend? And you answer, I'm allergic. Grandma asks when you're going to have kids, and you tell her, well, I'm already glowing, so I'm good. You get the idea. Tip number three is give a non-answer. So the answer to a nosy question doesn't have to contain actual content. Offer the answer equivalent to Wonder Bread and Margarine by saying, that's so nice of you to ask. How sweet of you to be concerned. Or that's a great question. I get that a lot. And then try tip number four, which is make a good transition. Now, changing the subject is a skill. After all, answering, when are you having kids with this cranberry sauce is awesome is awkward and abrupt. So instead, give them something else to ask about. If somebody asks why no boyfriend, say it's not on your radar screen right now because you've been so immersed in your new band, the app you're developing, or settling in after moving to a new apartment. Now, another variation on changing the subject is to ask a question back about the same topic. So you could answer, why aren't you married? With, we're where we want to be right now, but how did you guys meet? Or answer, are you thinking about kids? With, maybe someday, what's the biggest lesson you learned when having kids? Tip number five is seek out a sanity check. After the fact, seek out someone to commiserate with. If you catch Cousin Rosa rolling her eyes when Grandma tells you you need to eat more because no man wants someone as skinny as you, seek her out later to commiserate. Get the validation you need and a reminder that you're not nuts. And tip number six is ground yourself with what you're proud of. Nosy questions can throw you for a loop, make you second guess yourself, and leave you feeling judged. Did he really just ask when I'm going to get a real job? Why did she ask why we're still renting? Or what did she mean by, you're not going to have only one kid, are you? After a nosy question throws you off, rebalance yourself by affirming what you're proud of 
and what you value. What's important to you? How are things going well in your life? And what are you proud of? Ground yourself in the bigger picture and your resentment will disappear faster than the pumpkin pie. To sum it all up, asking nosy questions is like picking your nose in public. It's rude, unnecessary, makes everyone uncomfortable, and more often than not, the offender has no idea what effect they have. So decide on your tactics, get support, take care of yourself, and you'll be ready for anything Aunt Mildred can dish out. Thank you so much for making Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. This Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the team behind Savvy Psychologist, namely audio wizard Steve Rickyberg and superstar editor Joe Muscolino. But most of all, I'm thankful for you. Thank you so much for listening, sending in great episode ideas, and being part of this smart, savvy community. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, a safe Thanksgiving, and I will see you here next Friday for a happier, healthier month.